Welcome back to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. And for those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being that we do the hard work and then we share what we feel is the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. Yep, we're not experts in anything we talk about and that couldn't be more true uh, with this week's topic. Um, This is just a summary of what we found out over the week, but hopefully by sharing some of that knowledge with you, we can all learn just a little bit more about a whole lot of things. That sounds good to me. Let's get on with this week's episode, Liam, which is NFTs. Liam, this week's topic is NFTs. Let's start, as we always do, by letting people know what we thought we knew about the topic before we started to get into our research. Okay, I reckon I knew about as much of this as I did wine and coffee, which we've all learned. (laughs) is nothing <laughs> i don't know what i don't even know what it stood for it's something to do with the internet <laughs> and it's and and people are paying lots of money for them and that's about it I, no idea I, like i've heard about it it's, it's very current isn't it this is yes. very on trend in nft yes yeah absolutely. Um, this is our most currently thing we've done since we did cryptocurrency which coincidentally they're interlinked aren't they um but yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't really know next to nothing, if I'm honest. I'd be surprised if people listening could say could could say right now what it stands for without googling it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I I had some idea like NFT. It's not really a thing that that flows off the tongue when you know what NFT stands for. And I knew it was something to do with cryptocurrency and blockchain. And it's there's a load of hype around it now. But I've learned so much this week. It might be a good idea to say to people, if you are interested in NFTs and cryptocurrency, maybe go back and give our cryptocurrency episode from the first series a listen as well. You might find that useful in sort of linking that in today's episode. Yeah, that's our most listened to episode, by the way. Did you know that? Cryptocurrency. (laughs) Um, And it's one of our first ones. So yeah, go back and give that a listen. Um, I I certainly did before I started doing this, as soon as I found out it it was linked. So let's get straight to it then. NFT stands for it's and this won't help anyone (laughs) it's a non-fungible token there you go right solved (laughs) problem solved nft don't know what that means stands for non-fungible token still don't know what that means (laughs) (laughs) so the the definition then of a non-fungible token is that it's a non-interchangeable unit of data that's stored on the blockchain and it the blockchain as we've learned previously, has everything held in a digital ledger. And then when you've got something stored, this digital asset, it can then be sold and traded. So yeah, it's basically, it's a a unit of data, isn't it? Don't know what NFT stands for. I've said what it stands for. I still don't understand it. You've explained it. I still don't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) Or the very, very simplest way of putting this, it's a unique digital asset. And so to give that some context, NFTs can be in the form of of all different things that are digital. So such as a picture or a GIF or a short piece piece of music. Yeah. So it's it's anything, anything digital could then be turned into an NFT, couldn't it? 
yeah, and they're stored on the blockchain, which we learn is is essentially a, a, like a database where it tracks sales of things, doesn't it? It tracks who bought it and who they sold it to, who owns something. But it's super secure. The blockchain is it's the basis on which cryptocurrency runs. This transact this this tracking of transactions. It's incorruptible. Um, it cannot be hacked because it's it's decentralized, isn't it? Just go, slightly going backwards to what we learned before. It's all these different computers are all linked together. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And we, we do a really good job, as we said, in the cryptocurrencies episode of explaining what decentralized means. But NFTs have come along and it's some people are saying it's completely going to change the future. It's like revolutionizing how people think about digital assets. It almost legitimizes like who the owner is of these assets and it gives people a you know real thing to be able to say that they own something that's digital yeah exactly like if you think of like a meme you know if i came up with a meme i i could if i turned it into an nft that that would show that i it would be indisputable i created that meme i'm the owner of that meme yes other people would have versions of it you know much like in the art world, you can Google other pictures of famous pieces of art, but only one person owns the original copy. And yeah. this is what this essentially does, isn't it? It, it? it makes everything unique and traceable, I guess. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the biggest part of it, isn't it, really? It's, it's attributes. And we, we'll go on to explain a little bit about how they then get their attributes. But the three main things is that they're unique they're rare and they're indivisible. So each NFT that's created is, is unique. And so it means that it can be verified as a unique asset, which because it is unique, it then means that somebody's more likely to, to be prepared to pay for it. Yep. And it's rare. It's scarce, isn't it? You know, most of these, there's just one of them. Sometimes people produce more than one of the same, same thing, but not masses of them. They're very rare. And this indivisible thing is really important because we should go backwards, really. Just take yep. a step back and explain what we said. NFT stands for non-fungible token. Uh, fungible and non-fungible are economic terms or economic terms, aren't they? Um, and it's just, I suppose we should probably say, where does that come from? Because, you know, I read what's NFT stand for, read it, had no idea. And I had to then go and learn what fungible means. <laughs> well, yeah. So do you want to have a explaining that? <clears throat> That's not a day-to-day -day word, is it? You don't normally talk about something being fungible or not. <laughs> yeah, like, like the non, I get the non part. You know, we've got NFT. I get the non means it is not, but fungible. <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant. So I had to go and find what exactly is fungible. So fungible are things that are the same and completely interchangeable. So if you were to think, if you were to look in your, your wallet now and you've got a £10 note or if you've got, a $10 note, if you were to look at that, you would be able to exchange that for another $10 note or £10 note. They're, they're exchangeable, aren't they? They're fungible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other things are like stocks and shares, commodities, oil, corn. Think, you know, if I have a ton of corn and you had a ton of corn, we could swap them and we'd have the same thing. Yep. The other thing with non-divisible or indivisible is that that $10 note or that £10 note, I could then have £10 coins or I could have $10 yeah. notes to make up yeah. that 10, if that yeah. makes sense. You can then divide it. Yeah. 
Yeah, if I if I yeah, if I borrowed a thousand kilograms of corn off of you, I could give you back ten hundred kilogram bags. Yep. And that'd be fine. Yep. That'd be that's the same thing. They are fungible. Um, so non-fungible is stuff that it, well, the uniqueness is the main thing of it, I think. Like like a painting, isn't it? Like like the Mona Lisa, for example. Yes. You know, there's only one of them. We couldn't exchange Mona Lisas with each other because there's only one in the first place. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And so that that's what you have here. So that digital piece of art is entirely unique. And that means that it is non-fungible. You can't trade it for the same thing again. So we now have some idea about what NFT means and what fungible and non-fungible means. And they've been coming to the forefront recently. As we said, this is a you know really hot topic at the moment that we're that we're doing here. But they have been around for a little while, or at least the theory of them have been around for a little while, haven't they? Yeah, this started about, I don't know, when was it, like 2012 with Bitcoin. And one of the, they came up with a plan for Bitcoin to have, they, they called it colored coins, didn't they? And, and the plan was to be something like different coins would be used for different things like buying property or paying bills or think, you know, things like that. And they were trying to assign the different color coins to mean different things. And, they, and that was the general idea, but it didn't really take off because Bitcoin's um, blockchain was not designed to be able to do it. Exactly. Yeah. So they started off making these colored coins to be the single smallest um, denomination of Bitcoin, which is a Satoshi. So that's that's the smallest unit of Bitcoin. And then, as Liam said, assigning like red colored coins would only be used for property or blue colored coins would only be used for subscriptions or whatever it might be. But yeah, Bitcoin's, Bitcoin's capabilities were the downfall of this because what you it, it just the, the blockchain wasn't designed to cater for having such small divisible Satoshis split up to be used in different daily tasks. It's just not how how. Bitcoin is really built to work. So luckily, Ethereum came along, which if we know about cryptocurrency, Ethereum is like number two, isn't it? If you like behind Bitcoin. Um, Ethereum was one of the next cryptos that was developed. They had their own blockchain and it just so happened that their blockchain could cope with these sort of transactions. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. So they, and- they, they've got something called ERC20 tokens, which is what a lot of Ethereum works off. But then what they then realized that that, again, wasn't quite the best way and the best token to be using to to be swapping NFTs. So they then came up with a new standard, which was called the ERC721. Everyone knows that one, right? Yeah, mate, this is so simple. I don't know why nobody, I don't know why I didn't understand this to start with. (laughs) So they they then came up with this new token, the ERC721, which was purpose-built and had the technical standards to then handle what non-fungible tokens were within the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, so simple. So we've got our NFTs, right? They are essentially, they are like, they, they allow you to say that you own a piece of digital media in whatever form it, it can be. So we're back up to speed, right? What was the, so what was like the first sort of NFTs? That that all kicked off, didn't it? With something called a CryptoPunk. 
yeah, these are interesting. This this was really interesting reading about these crypto punks and these digital pieces of art. They're a bit funny to look at as well. They're super simple, aren't they? They I don't know if you were to describe yeah, if you were to describe them, they look like a really blocky picture. They're eight bit, they're only 24 by 24 picture pixels art images. And the people that generated them didn't need to put a whole lot of effort into creating them, did they? No, yeah. So these these crypto, they're, they're people, aren't they? Or some of them are, are aliens. Some of them are zombies, I think. Some of them are monkeys, I think. Um, but yeah, what what they yeah they created like a, a piece of software that would randomly generate thousands of different characters, and it would give them all different attributes totally randomly. Um, and then what they essentially did is they made they made it so that it would it would create ten thousand only 10,000, there is no more, it's, there's 10,000, which is sort of where your scarcity comes from, 10,000 different, uh, I don't know what you call them, characters of yeah. these punks. Yeah. They, for example, there are 6,039 male ones, 3,840 female ones, um, some of the attributes, some wear lipstick, some have got mutton chops, some have got 3D glasses on, some have got pigtails, you know, and they all get randomly assigned a, some characteristics, so they're all completely different. And then they, Gave most of them away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the, the two people who who started it, their surnames were were Watkinson and Hall, and they just they decided to let anyone with an Ethereum wallet claim a CryptoPunk for free. And as Liam said, there were ten thousand of them, and I think am I right in saying nine thousand of them were then claimed? They were claimed pretty quickly, and because they were rare people then decided that there was some value to them and they then started selling them on a secondary market. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like um, baseball cards, isn't it? Or Pokemon cards. There's only 10,000 of them and they're all unique, but they've all got this NFT attached to them now, which tells you they're unique. And it it tells you that I I am the owner of this. Yes. You might be able to take a copy of the picture or look at it online, but I've got the real one. I've got the genuine first one. And then, yeah. And then essentially, People started wanting them, collecting them. You know, they were looking for, there's 10,000. You, you can actually go, the website is called Lava Labs. It's really interesting. Go and have a look at this Lava Labs website. You're going to look at all the different crypto yes. um, punks. Um, there's some really, you know, it turned out there was a bunch of them. There was only eight of these punks because it was made, they were made randomly. Eight of them happened to have no distinctive characteristics. So they became like rare. So those yes. punks became worth more money. And some of them are aliens and some of them are zombies and some of them have got loads of attributes more than loads of others. So, you know, there's different um, value to them. Isn't there, isn't the maximum number of attributes, so where they did this random algorithm, the maximum number of attributes that any one of them could have is seven. And isn't there one of the crypto punks that actually has all seven of these attributes, which again, makes it more special in some people's eyes than the rest of them? Yeah, so it's CryptoPunk8348. He is the only one with a big beard that is buck-toothed, smoking a cigarette, with an earring and a mole, wearing classic shades and a top hat. <laughs> nice. It's nuts. But their website's really good. Like it, it tells you all kinds of facts. So it tells you, you, like I looked at this today before we went on this, the current lowest price for the lowest uh, CryptoPunk you can buy is $225,000 US. Wow. And 9,000 out of the 10,000 of these that were created were given away. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, value of sales last 24 hours, nearly $2 million. Value of sales in the last week, nearly $40 million. Wow. Value of sales in the last month, $118 million. Value of sales in a lifetime, $2 billion. Wow. So go on then, tell us, what is the most expensive CryptoPunk? What's the most anyone's ever paid for a CryptoPunk then? Number, I'm looking at him. I think it's a monkey. This looks like a monkey with a blue bandana. Uh, number 4156 was sold for $10.26 million on December the 9th. That is nuts. And it's possible because it's on a blockchain. So we've, we've spoken before about blockchain is decentralized, but it's it's anonymous, but everyone can see the activity that's happening, can't they? So you can even see that there are certain amounts of wallets that hold hundreds of these crypto punks. Yeah, it's all it's all trackable because it's yeah, because everyone's got access to this. You know who's got what and who's paid for what when. There is no, it cannot be forged, you know, because everyone, this this decentralized blockchain group of computers have to all sign off on something at the same time before it can even happen. Um, but yeah, this is just, this was the first example of NFTs really taking off. Um, it, it's a, Yeah, it's essentially like collecting football stickers or, or something, isn't it? It's, Another one as well. Another one, I think it was a bit before this, was Crypto Kitties. That might be something that people have heard about before. And again, this is yeah. just another, they, they look like cats. They're quite um, simple pictures, but people then collect them and pay a load of money for them. Um, but it's almost like, I was trying to think of how what it could be like or make it relatable. It's almost like buying like Tamagotchi pictures, isn't it, of cats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then breeding them. And then when you... <laughs> I can't explain this properly. When you breed your two cats that you've bought, it randomly generates you a new baby cat. But then people might want to buy your baby cat off you because it's it's the son of this cool cat and the daughter of this other one or whatever. Uh, just like real breeding. But, yeah. but the nature of the NFT, this this code attached to the cat that you have means that you definitely own it. And although somebody else could look at it and even you know, take a picture of it. You are the one with the real one. And, and to some people that has worth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, so people are, you've got these crypto punks, you've got these crypto kitties, they seem to be more so for fun and that you'd be selling them on, um, you know, hoping that, that they go up in value. And then there's another one, which has become really famous as of late, which is the board ape. So we'll, we'll put up some pictures. We'll put some pictures on our Instagram of CryptoPunks, Bored Apes, and of CryptoKitties, just to give you some idea if you're thinking, what is it that Ollie and Liam are talking about? But something yeah. interesting about the Bored Apes is that they've now become something called the Bored Ape Yacht Club. And again, there's 10,000 of these ape avatars that are individual. Um, but what they also do is they then act as tickets to an online social club. So by okay. owning one of these pictures, one of these bored looking apes, it then gets you onto this, you know, social club. They're going for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the yeah. idea being that what will happen in the future is that there'll actually be a physical meetup on an on a yacht of anyone who owns one of these NFTs that effectively becomes their ticket to then go to this party that's going to happen. Ain't gonna be any poor people on that party, is there? That's <laughs> well, no. Be, 
that's rich and famous that's but all that does is that just drives up the price because people yeah. want in yeah so it's the price of like but here's you're not even getting a real thing <laughs> it's just so strange it really really it's weird who who does it like what okay I, I got this as the next thing we were going to talk about what why would you buy one I, I, I can't get my head around why you would buy one. So people are buying them really because of public perception and popularity that it's it's speculation. It's going to go up in value. Yeah. And yeah. so people are then jumping on the bandwagon. It's that whole thing that if you if enough people think it's worth something, then more people will do it. I, I suppose people are buying a bored ape in the hope that at some point in the future, someone would be willing to pay them more for that board ape than what you've just bought it for. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, it's, um, it's bragging rights. I read that in loads of different places. Yeah. It's essentially you just being able to say, I own the, so it's not just, and we'll probably get onto some others in a minute, but <clears throat> it's not just these funny trading cards, you know, like artists are getting in on it. Musicians, you know, yeah. people making videos and then selling the rights to say that you have got the original copy of that video. So even an, if that video is everywhere else. So an example of that is the NBA. So the NBA have jumped on this massively as well during the pandemic to try and raise some money for the, for the NBA league. They started selling off original clips of like the most amazing slam dunks that have happened. And yeah, yeah. people have then been trading those. So these are like 10 second clips of, you know, incredible, incredible baskets people have made but like selling them for like 200 grand you own that clip but someone can just go and look at it on youtube but you're the person who owns it you physically own it well you yeah don't physically and, and, own it. <laughs> yeah but and then the only way you'll ever make money off of it is if somebody is willing to pay you more for it which is it's just crazy it's just so you're saying that the only way you can make money is by by selling it for more. There is actually something that you can build into to an NFT, which is called a smart contract, isn't it? Where you can sort of receive royalties or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for any future sales. So, you know, if you're an artist and you release a song, for example, you, you could put that song out as an NFT. Um, someone could buy it and be the owner of it, if you like. They own that, that audio clip. But you can build in this contract whereby you get 10% of any future sales and the blockchain will or that every time it gets sold on, it will automatically happen um, like yeah. forever. But interestingly, you hold the copyright of it as well. So so they can have the song, but you can still make money off of it and license it to adverts and things like that because they don't own the rights to it. They just they just own it. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Which, which is... <laughs> It is super interesting and it's it's almost like opening up this new world for artists where they then don't need to worry about trademarks and they don't need to worry about copyright really because people can't counterfeit it because they own the original and it's linked to a blockchain. So it means yeah. that it, it's it's then making it easier for people to then get into it without having to worry about tracking it. Because then all these royalties um, just happen on the blockchain as it as it just passes between people. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That's totally right. And if I wanted to buy one, turns out it's pretty easy, isn't it? 
I, I mean, it's easy if you're technologically minded. Essentially, you just need to get yourself some Ethereum cryptocurrency. Um, there are others, aren't there? There are others who are starting to get on on this bandwagon sort of other cryptos you could buy. But most of them at the minute, if we keep it real simple, is get yourself some Ethereum. And there are just there are a couple of websites or, or places where they sell NFTs. Yeah, the, the, the technical term for somebody actually creating an NFT and putting it on the blockchain is called a minting process. You know, like coins, coins get minted. So yeah. it's similar to that in NFT land. So something gets minted and it depends which blockchain it goes on. You then need the currency, the cryptocurrency for that blockchain. So Solano is one and Cardano is another one that's up and coming as well. But as Liam says, most of them are... Yeah. On Ethereum. So get yourself some Ethereum and and then so the marketplace, some of the main ones are they're called OpenSea, Rareable, Super Rare. Um, they're just some of the the big marketplaces, but you know, you could Google it and you'd find them. But yeah, you need some Ethereum. But it costs you, so it costs you then to mint it. So in the first place, if you then want to put it on the blockchain, it costs you some Ethereum to do it. So it's it can be, it's not just free if you then just to think, oh, let's Let's create some art. Let's throw up on a blockchain and and see where it goes. There are there are things called gas fees where it then means it costs you some money to actually put it on there. Um, the only difference being that with OpenSea that you mentioned is that they allow you to do it for free, but they take on more of the the ongoing royalty, a cut of what you sell it for, effectively. Yeah, yeah, and and the gas fee essentially it covers the amount of energy required, doesn't it? Because we we learned that blockchain is it's very con- consumes lots of energy, doesn't it, to um, mine Ethereum and things like that. So it's quite expensive for them to put it on the blockchain for you. So you have to pay this gas fee, which is can be fifty or two hundred dollars, can't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just just going back to in terms of why people are, are buying them and that whole speculation and it going up. I was reading around some of the figures about what what the market is worth and what's been happening. So in the first half of twenty twenty. Apparently, $13.7 million worth of sales were made in the first half. In the first half of 2021, it had jumped to $2.5 billion in sales, Uh, which as mental. So from $13.7 million to $2.5 billion in the same comparable six-month period. Wow. That's that's nuts. Did you read about um, about the one about Beeple? This is absolutely crazy. What a brilliant story, <laughs> though. What a brilliant story by this, this artist who goes by the name as, of Beeple. So am I right in saying he did a piece of digital art every day for 5,000 days? So he created a new image over yeah. 13 years. Every day for 13 yeah. years, he created a new image, and then he put them into a collage, didn't he? Yeah, and I think he was he putting them on his Instagram or on his website or something. Every day he'd create a new one. Um, he essentially then collaged it into five thousand. You can again, you can find this image yourself easily. Just Google it. But then sold this collage as an NFT, so somebody would own the collage, the original version that he's made on on his computer. But it did not go for cheap, did it? <laughs> No. So what? So we're talking about some digital art that someone's made and they've made it as an NFT. So it's going for big money, right? So what? $10 million? 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, near $69 million, didn't it? What? And I, I read somewhere it's the third most money paid 
for any piece of art by a living artist ever. That is absolutely nuts. And it was sold by Christie's and Christie's are known for obviously selling traditional art. And some people might think, well, you know, all you're, all you're owning is some digital art. It's not like you're, you're owning a, a Monet or, you know, a piece of art from a really well-known artist, but just to sort of put that into some comparison. So it sold for $69 million, which is 15 million more than what a Monet painting sold for in 2014. So it's so it's selling for even more money than what you know these yeah, traditional legit. artists are, are selling for. So, but I could just screen grab it though, couldn't I? I could. That was one of the first things we said when we said we we're going to do this episode. <laughs> well, I just screen grab it, can't I? <laughs> I just I've got it. I, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to screen grab it, and then I'm going to get. No, I'll tell you, you can't screen grab it though, can you? So you can, <laughs> you can screen grab it and have it, but the thing that you won't have is the ownership. So you won't have the ownership of the original. So it's almost yeah. like the, the Mona Lisa. So there's, there's one Mona Lisa, but you could take a yeah. photo of it with your phone, put it on a tea towel and own it. But that doesn't mean that you've got the original Mona Lisa. Yeah, yeah. If I go see Janet in Retro Graphics and ask her to print me up a lovely Mona Lisa picture and put it in a frame on my wall, I don't own the original. And I'm all right with that, but some people want to own the original. And that is, that's the point of this. Yeah. Okay. People can put the, it, it's exactly that in digital form. That's exactly what this is. It's like a certificate of authenticity. It's like, who owns this thing? Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the point is people want to. And I don't, I cannot see the point of it, but people want to be the person to say, I own this picture. I can see how yeah. to some people that would be quite cool, but it, it doesn't really appeal to me, but I can see how to some people thinking you're the only person who owns that digital thing. Yeah, particularly things like memes, because meme people that have owned memes, haven't they? Have started selling them. You know, Disaster Girl and Success Kid. These are memes that you, if you you'll know them. We've probably put them on our Instagram with something else. <laughs> yeah, but they've since been sold as an NFT. The, you know, the original person that took the picture has then since sold it, so somebody else now owns it. And so imagine every time you see that meme, you're like, yeah, I own that. That's me. Yeah, yeah. but it doesn't mean you're getting paid for What's it. The point? <laughs> <laughs> but like we were saying like the nba clips someone else can go in line and watch those on youtube watch the the best slam dunks ever but there will be one person out there who who will own it and it's it's even though things can be unique and there's only one of them it's like physical art as well it doesn't mean that they're all going to make you loads of money like they could well be NFT scams that are out there. So just be careful, people listening to this and thinking that we're talking about these stories where, you know, people have been buying stuff, buying these bored apes for a few yeah. hundred thousand and then selling them on for a million. There are some bad stories out there as well. So there are scams. So just don't think that because we're talking about them that it's only ever going to be good. Yeah. And also there is absolutely no, no assurance that what you buy will appreciate there's oh. nothing it's just you you're you are just crossing your fingers that eventually someone else is going to want to pay you more than you paid for it which is yeah yeah exactly so in in terms then of the the future in the, the future of nfts there are there are some people out there like influencers who are then riding this wave so there's there's some big big names in this there's someone called 
Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if people might know him. He's like this marketing guru who's been around. Um, the the Winklevoss twins, the people who help start up Facebook, they've plowed loads of money into NFTs, like millions and millions into NFTs. Like Logan Paul, Jake Paul, like they keep on talking it up. These people who've got huge followings, if they keep yeah. on saying that it's the future and they're sort of creating this, this demand for it, then it will keep on going up. But some people have speculated that it's just a bubble. When you're telling me that even Beeple, the person who sold for $69 million. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, now I'm worried I'm going to be wrong, but I'm sure it was that him who I read an interview with. But I, it was definitely someone to do with NFTs. They were saying, do you think this is a bubble? And his response, or, or the response was, yeah, I think we're in the middle of the bubble right now. Like even they're saying it, it might well be a bubble. Also, it relies on things like it relies on the adoption of cryptocurrencies. And if that yeah. doesn't actually take off, then, you know, it, it might this might not get anywhere. But I suppose maybe just these super rich people that are buying all this stuff, they're the ones with the crypto anyway. So does that really, will that really matter? Like, yeah. The other thing that I, people I are a bit know. worried about in terms of the future of it is like its, it's effects with the environment which we sort of touched oh, on yeah. in our cryptocurrency episode, but it's tightly linked, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So this is all, I did actually find this out. I, I went looking for this. It's all based on Ethereum or mostly at the minute, right? Mining Ethereum, and you go back and listen to our podcast about it, is massively, um, it, it consumes masses of energy, masses and masses. Of, you, you've got these massive computer farms to do it. Yep. Um, and Ethereum itself, uses the same amount of energy in a year as the country of Belgium. Okay. Yeah. Just the world's Ethereum mining. It would be the 38th most, um, whatever the word is, most energy-consuming country if it were a country, Ethereum. Okay. So, yeah. So that, you know, that's an issue. That, But I think they're going to bring out Ethereum 2.0, I'd read, and they uh, pretty soon. Yes, and that's, that's right. And that's going to massively reduce their energy consumption. So that might not be a thing, but equally it might be. And people are also speculating that other things in terms of the future of NFTs, other things might start to come into it. So we've been talking very much around the art and these funny looking pictures, um, some GIFs and memes and what have you. But they're even saying that as, as people become more aware of it and more companies come on board, a lot of people are speculating that we're still at the very early stages, even though there's been exceptional growth over the last couple of years, it's, it's yeah, okay. still about to explode. One of the interesting ones that I read about was maybe everybody's house could become an NFT. So yeah, you could then track who's bought the house from someone and yeah. it's an NFT and you can have it on the blockchain. So if those type of things happen, it could then start to, to become even more mainstream. But people are going to keep on developing them and people like creatives are still going to go out there and try and come up with new designs and, and the next new craze, aren't they? Yeah, and um, well, you're going to have a go at trying to make a two guys one topic one, aren't you? So if that ever gets off the ground, you're going to have to let everybody know that there might be one. And then if this goes, you know, if we end up, quitting our day jobs to do this full time it might certainly be worth money so <laughs> if that happens while it's ten dollars maybe you want to get out there and get one <laughs> so we're going to release ten thousand different images of us wearing ten thousand different hats and glasses and beards <laughs> and then uh, you can buy them <laughs> oh, that'd be well funny nice right have you got a takeaway Yes, yeah, I have. So my two guys, one topic takeaway this week is 
just talking about selling selling different things and possibly different uses for them. So Twitter founder Jack Dorsey, his first ever tweet has been sold for the equivalent of two point nine million dollars or two point one million pounds. So his original tweet, which just said, I'm just setting up my Twitter, which was published in March the 21st, 2006, was auctioned off and somebody paid just under $3 million for that first tweet. There you go. Let's um, let's NFT Two Guy One Topics first tweet as well. Let's see what that, see if we can get anything for that. <laughs> I got a nuts one. I got a nuts one this week. Um, if anyone's still listening to this, which hopefully there are, in our 93 countries now, I might add, I have got a wicked two guys, one topic takeaway. Here's how it goes. An NFT gives you ownership or, or shows that you own a piece of digital media of some sort, right? An image okay. or video or audio. Yep. Right? And that is the, the NFT is stored on a blockchain. The piece of media is not on the blockchain because it typically is too large a file right to go on a blockchain so right. that is stored off chain so the whole point of nfts is that they're super secure but all you're really buying is a link that says i own or i own this piece of media that can be found here okay but here is not on a blockchain it's just on another company server somewhere so <laughs> like if that crashed oh no yeah, what, what would you own? You'd pay all that money for a link that says you own this crypto punk. You've paid $10 million for it. And this crypto punk can be found here. If you go there to look for it, it might not be there. Apologies, nuts, isn't it? Bet... error 404, gateway server well, not, not found. found. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 they're looking into that. That is something that is going to get fixed, I think. Um, they're trying to find out a way to, to get your files into a blockchain as well. But yeah. And that's nuts. That's just completely nuts. Like the whole thing we're talking about is that it's all safe, but actually the actual file is not on the blockchain anyway. Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Anyway, right. Could you talk to somebody about NFTs? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'd be a lot more comfortable having a conversation with somebody or, or know what's going on about this now. Knowing that non-fungible token is what NFT stands for, knowing what some of the uses are in terms of art or pictures and the whole thing about them being unique. Yeah, you can take a screen grab of it, but it's similar to physical art where there could be forgeries or duplicates of that physical art. That's similar to doing a screen grab. And so there'll be one person that owns the original. How about yourself? Yeah, I agree with everything you've said. I just don't understand why anybody does it. I just, I just don't get it. I just don't, I don't understand that. And here's the thing I said to you in the week, just, just to finish on this, to annoy some people, because they might think this too. He sold his tweet, right? This guy sold this tweet. Yes. Or these people sell this meme or whatever, right? Whoever owns Success Kid sells it. But that Success Kid meme has been on the internet for like 10 years. <clears throat> it is on thousands of different websites. Yeah. Ever. Where's the proof that the, the person that put it there in the first place put it there? Couldn't anybody <laughs> yeah. have just turned it into an NFT at any point and gone, yeah, it was me? There's no proof. <laughs> like, it's everywhere now. How do you even... The that, point of an NFT is to prove who did it originally. Like, I understand a, if it's a new thing. If, if you make a piece of art of us, yeah. I know you have got the only copy of it because you've never put it online. If yeah. you make that an NFT, I know that it's yours. 
Yeah, but old stuff that everyone's converted, like these clips of the N- N- NBA, right? That clip is on YouTube a thousand different places. <laughs> well, who's Who's got the proof that they put it there first? <laughs> that is a really interesting point. So yeah, how do you know, know. who was the first the person to upload the uh, to upload the image to the internet? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. That's I don't get. I, I, but each to their own. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> I basically finished this episode by going, I don't know anything. <laughs> right, everybody. <laughs> hope you've enjoyed listening to our spiel about NFTs. Hope you've learned a little bit about it or a lot of it in our case. We really like to get any comments that you've got, any thoughts or suggestions about the episode or questions that we might be able to find out. Um, hit us up on the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Two Guys One Topic. And we will be back next week with another brand new and completely random topic to teach you all about. So thanks for listening. Get out there and share some NFT knowledge. <laughs> <laughs>